It is Ryan Horvath, but it's the PJ Glassman Glasser. PJ, do you like that nickname, the Glassman? You know, it's funny. I've actually never had it before. I Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I like it. It's kind of become like the name that I'm known throughout the, the network on the different shows, right? Everybody knows me as the Glassman, yeah. so... Yeah. I, I mean, mean, my whole life I've gotten Peach. Like, that's obviously yeah. been a big one, but never Glassman before. But, yeah, I kind of do like it. Yeah, I just call you Peach. I've always just called you Peach. I think I think actually Ostrowski came up with the Glassman when you guys were hosted together, I want to say. I don't know. I don't know if I like the Glassman for you. I don't know. Yeah. I think I've... we need something... I think we need something I've... like more in, more intimidating. When I think the glassman, I think like a player that always gets hurt. You know what I mean? Is, isn't that what we call like? Isn't that what people were calling Derrick Rose after a while? Like he was the made glass of glass. Man. Isn't that Samuel L. Jackson and Unbreakable? I don't know. It might be. Yeah, Trista. Uh, she 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 loves Paige so much. Loves just love. Everybody at the network calls me Paige. It's, it's what just they call. Love. The wholesome name and you're a wholesome guy you know so uh you weren't so wholesome though when you thought you were actually a little moody the first couple segments i like to see it. you reminded me a little bit of myself see for me yeah. it's usually the last hour of the show um i like to win i like to win when i when i when i bet my own money obviously right when we when we bet our, we we bet you know we actually bet these games we're not just here yeah. doing content we bet these games that final hour like if it's like a one and three one and four night for me peach and you know it's our job to do a sports talk show sometimes it is so hard when you're just getting oh. your teeth kicked in so i'm so excited for you fau <laughs> fau in, in english you had them three and a half in the first half i unfortunately now have to sweat them out the rest of the game i'm jealous you get in you get out they uh cover by four but it was a it was a sweat we had a foul oh. under the basket with eight seconds to go i thought they were in the bonus my heart sunk for you but now do you feel a little bit better can you smile can you breathe a little I bit we feel a little better. See, that's the thing. It's the fact that it's the first bet of the night. Nobody wants to go 0-1. And, and, Ryan, after the bad beats I had last night, I was on the wrong end of three hooks. I had two teams to cover the 5.5 who won by 5, and then I had Indiana 14.5, and, and they lose by 15. So here I am seeing FAU. The kid makes the layup and one. They're up three with 30 seconds left. When he went yeah. to the free throw line, I mean, that ball felt like it was in the air for five seconds. And then when it went down, and then we had the foul underneath on FAU, and I'm like, oh, no. It was it's funny, crazy. though. I had my headphones down on my desk, and I stood up to watch on my TV, and I could hear you scream, block, block, no foul. And I'm like, oh, I think we got it. So there we go. Yeah. God bless. See, You're right, though. I See, I don't like being moody like that. I don't like being a little agitado. But you know what? Sometimes you got to be until you hit your bet. So I'm glad it came through. That's the toughest part about doing a live betting show. This is why, like, Nick and Ken and Joe and Aaron and everybody else, like, they have it made because they could just swear and throw things. Like, I break things. Like, I don't know if you can see it. Like, this this bobblehead, this is – look at this real quick. This is my grandfather, and this is the fourth one that we've been through. This is my – where's my camera? Gordy Gillespie right here. There he is. Mm -hmm. I, I – my, my wife's like, what's wrong with you? Like, they don't make these anymore, obviously. There was, like, five of these that were left, and I've taken four of them and just chucked them across the room. Uh, Green Bay field goal blocked in the divisional round against San Francisco. That was one Gordy Gillespie bobblehead now. <laughs> um – Punt blocked in the same game. That was the other one. 
And then I had like Virginia is eight and a half point favorites. And like for some reason, um, I forgot what happened, man. I, I think they, I don't know. I, I think they went like one of 12 from the uh, charity stripe down the stretch, but it wasn't this past week. All right, let's get to these uh, NBA games, NBA scores and NBA games that we got coming up. And then we got to talk a little bit about Justin Fields and uh, the craziness that's going on right now with him. I, I feel like Justin Fields deserves better. And to be honest, I feel like the bears deserve better. I feel like, you know, it's like the perfect time for a divorce because I think Justin Fields could still play his best football elsewhere with a real coaching staff, a real offensive line and more weapons. And I feel like Caleb Williams is going to be that guy. I hate to say it as a Packer fan. All right, the Magic are up 54-50 on the Cavs. They're one-and-a-half-point dogs. They closed the six-and-a-half-point dogs. Philly's getting absolutely blown out right now. 69-45 to the Knicks. You heard from Dan Karpik. That's the team that he thinks that could give Boston a run for their money, actually, in the Eastern Conference, which surprised me a little bit. I still think it's Milwaukee. Uh, Toronto's up 59-44, unfortunately, on our Nets. The Pacers are up huge, 70-43 to on the Pistons. And then the uh, Suns are up 35-32 on the Mavs. Uh, the Suns tonight without Brad Beal. Coming up tonight, we got OKC. We got the Clippers. OKC, one-and-a-half point favorites. Totals 235-and-a-half. We both like the Clippers in that one. We talked about that. Uh, the Celtics are up to eight-and-a-half right now against the Bulls on the road at the UC. Totals 224-and-a-half. I bet the Bulls. Dan likes the Celtics in this game. Um, you know, usually I would like Boston. I just feel like coming off the All-Star break, like I said, Chicago's rested. They're at home in this spot. I think they could keep this game within two, three possessions. But it's the NBA, so you never know. Uh, anything else for you? You have the Pelicans, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Rockets as well kind of coming up this hour. Total 227-and-a-half, Peach. Nothing else for me, Rye. I'm just sweating out the Nets here who are down 11 at halftime. It's just reminding me why I don't bet the NBA, and it's extremely frustrating and uh, I'm not happy about it. So definitely not doubling down on the Nets. I'm just letting the money line ride. Hopefully they make a run. You know, I'm bummed at myself. I really took a long look at the Pacers tonight against the Pistons. I'd be interested to go back and see what the record of teams yeah. are who host All-Star Weekend. And if they if their game, their first game out of All-Star Weekend is a home game, what their record is, right? Because, I mean, the Pacers have the biggest advantage. Like, sure, some of these guys, you know, go to nice destinations and they go to the beach and they go to Cabo or they go to Cancun, wherever it may be. But, you know, I'm sure some of them kind of like to stay home and just take it easy, spend time with the fam, stay off their feet, whatever it may be. So obviously with the all-star break being there in Indiana, uh, Halliburton and some of the other miles Turner was competing. Like those guys didn't have to travel. Unlike a lot of players on a lot of other teams. That's a huge advantage also helps that they're playing the worst team in the league. So that certainly helps too. Right. But uh, yeah, I would like that data, you know, of like teams that are home in their first game after the all-star break. I took a, took a long look at them and they were just absolutely demolishing the, uh, the Pistons. So Wish I had a piece of the Pacers. Nothing else really interests me, though. Maybe the Lakers. I mean, is that too much of an overreaction without LeBron, the five and a half? Mm. Or does that feel about right? I think it feels about right. Yeah. I think think it's a stay away. Again, Dan Karpik tonight, I wrote down his props. Trey Mann over five and a half assists. He loved that one. Kessler over nine and a half points. He likes the Jazz. It's a BetQL play, four-star play, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Josh Giddy over three-and-a-half assists. So maybe I would just roll with those because 
he, you know, he's more of the NBA guy, Peach. We're college guys. We're football guys. Let's talk a little football, and let's talk a little Justin Fields, actually, right now. If you check offshore, uh, you can see the odds where Justin Fields is now the favorite to be the quarterback for Atlanta week one next season, minus 125. I would love that fit, to be honest, him playing in a dome with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, you keep Tyler Algier, spend a little bit more money on the defensive side of the ball. You have, you have a defensive-minded head coach. I actually like that hire for Atlanta. They went offensive-minded head coach, uh, and it didn't work out. So now you got to fix up that defense. They spent the fourth most money in free agency last year. The Steelers have the second-best odds, uh, plus 175. Now these are going to be bouncing around, obviously, because there's a lot going on with Justin Fields. He's jumping on podcasts. Uh, we got this audio right here. Justin Fields actually jumped on the uh, St. Brown Brothers podcast and talked a little bit about wanting to stay in Chicago. Do you want to stay in Chicago or what's up? Yeah, of course. Of course I want to stay. To be honest, bro, I'll be trying to like, with all the talk, it's, it's hard to, I guess, kind of just boom be in one place, but I can't see myself playing in another place. But I know how that league is. Like, EQ, you was probably the same way before you left Green Bay, but I mean... If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love the city. The city's lit. The the fans there, you know, they're great. And mm-hmm. the people. It's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. But I feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now, I just want to be over. Just let me know if I'm getting traded. Yeah, let man. me know if I'm staying and tonight. Because I like watching film in the offseason. I like watching the offense. You feel me? Seeing what they're going to do a lot and uh, stuff like that. So. Yeah, see, I What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why, why are you not following follow the Bears? This and that. Like, I still mess with the Bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with them. <laughs> That's you know? true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. But you, you follow you Luciana, right? Hmm? But listen, listen, me, yeah, that's, that's, that's my bro. girlfriend though. That's different. But I'm saying like when you're single, it's you really mess with the girls you don't follow more than the girls you follow. You, you know feel me? Oh, like, so you're saying on, you mess man. with the bears? You're saying you mess with the bears more now that you don't follow them? Man, ah, it's not even like okay, that. okay. It's it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm. what? Just, just get away, get away from every bit. bears post. It's either I see who you follow. Nah, see who you follow. See the draft, Caleb. So it's like, bro. Man, I'm tired yeah. of hearing the talk. We want, like it's to, annoying. we want, yeah. it, like it's just, bro. Like it's time to just. So you're telling me you don't follow no football, bro? You follow? I follow Ohio State football. I don't follow the NFL. I don't follow the Bears. Bleacher like, Report. Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Report. It's basketball season. They're not posting nothing about football, dog. All right, so there's a lot there. Uh, that's uh, we got to give credit to the same uh, Brown Brothers pod. Which let me say one thing real quick. All right. The fact that Equinemius EQ St. Brown just gets to ride his brother's co-test. No, I'm just kidding, man. But as um, a Green Bay Packer fan, uh, if he catches that two-point conversion against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, never mind. We're not going to go there. But anyway, uh, so I feel bad for Justin Fields, to be honest, man, because I like Justin Fields. Um, I do also, I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Like, he definitely unfollowed the Chicago Bears because he's done with the Chicago Bears. Look, he knows how this ends. He's being a class act. And also, he's a starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's one of the more exciting players. He had a solid season, right? I still don't trust him in the fourth quarter. I just think he needs a lot around him, right? And I still worry a little bit that he's a one-read quarterback. He doesn't go through all of his progressions. 
but he's fun as hell to watch. He can make the throws. He made every throw at Ohio State in that offense, granted, with those wide receivers. But I would love him in Atlanta. Um, I don't know about Pittsburgh so much, but I would love him in Atlanta. I would love that for Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan. Um, but I feel bad for him because, like he said, he's a starting quarterback. He's a quarterback. He wants to start watching film. He wants to know who his teammates are. Like, a lot of these guys want to do their offseason workouts. They want to get together with their wide receivers. He can't do that. He doesn't know if he's going to be in Pittsburgh. He doesn't know if he's going to be in Atlanta. And, you know, he's not going to come out and say it. And he's a dude that's made some money. And he's obviously, like, got swag. And he's a great football player. But this has to hurt a little bit, too. You know what I mean? Like, the team that drafted you, it appears they may want you, but they probably don't want you. You know, you're on social media, and you see the fan base. Some people, like, trade Justin Fields. Some people want Justin Fields to stick around. I like Justin Fields, but I think you have to go with Caleb Williams, to be honest, man. And this is a new general manager. It's now a new coaching staff. They don't really have an attachment to Justin Fields. So I think now is the time to pull the plug and get yourself Caleb Williams. This is the same organization that passed up on, you know, Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson for Mitch Trubisky. So you have to right. take Caleb Williams. It's unfortunate, though, for Justin Fields. I feel terrible for him uh, in this situation. Yeah, no, I do too, and I agree with everything you said. I think Fields is, is a really good player. I mean, you know, Ryan, a lot of the times, all these quarterbacks that excel right away in the NFL are put in a really good situations, right? Like C.J. Stroud was given Bobby Slowick, who's a really good OC. You know, when Lamar Jackson came into the league, yeah. the Ravens completely revamped their offense. Do you think Mahomes would be as good as he is? If he didn't have Andy Reid, you know, there helping him as a head coach. Obviously, Jared Goff, when he was a young player, remember what Jared Goff looked like under uh, Jeff Fisher and then what he looked like oh, under gosh. Sean McVay? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's night and day what some of these quarterbacks can look like. So, Fields has really been never given uh, just a fair deal. You know, Nagy just was a disastrous head coach. Then you bring in a defensive head coach with Eberflus and Luke Getze is the OC and it just doesn't work out. So if Atlanta is the destination for Justin Fields, I'm with you. Like that would be awesome just to see all those athletes on the field at the same time. Do you think Atlanta would instantly become the favorite in the NFC South? You think that would be the team to beat or like, let's say Mike Evans comes back to Tampa. What, what are the odds looking like in the NFC South? We know Panthers are in last. Saints, Bucks, oh, yeah. and Falcons. Like, price, price what the NFC South would look like in your mind. I think after two straight seasons of being the favorites, the Saints are probably the, the third right there. I agree. Yeah, I think it's probably between, yeah, maybe Atlanta. Maybe, maybe Tampa if Baker comes back, Mike Evans comes back, if everybody's back. But, I mean, it's close. Atlanta at most probably, probably plus 150, I would say. Yeah. Maybe plus 125, though, with Justin Fields. All right, we'll take a quick break. Rob Brown joins the show next. BetMGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. BetMGM Tonight continues. It's Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser. And let's just bring him in right now because he's part of the show. He just hosted with me the other night. We love having him on. Rob, if you want to join us for the rest of the night, that'd be great. I mean, you probably got to go to bed because you do have a morning show coming up in a few hours. You were on the air pretty much all day today. And you're a busy, busy man. You do it all, man. Play by play. Uh, 
You are one of one, Rob Brown. You really are. And you join us right now. Everybody knows you. You're the host of the Rob Brown Show. You eat 75 Chicken McNuggets on a Saturday with Cody Decker and Mario. I have one question to start things off. Isn't Mario supposed to get his belly button pierced? Or was that a dream that I had? All right. So first off, I want to begin by saying that I am glad that in my 17-year broadcasting career, the thing that is going to stick with me forever, as it is to my bloodstream and my arteries are 75 chicken nuggets. I have been asked to discuss that more than anything. I've I've caught passes from Drew Brees. I have sparred with Roy Jones Jr. I have shot baskets with Zion Williamson. And the thing I get asked about is the damn chicken nuggets. I did it to myself. I can't be mad. Uh, Yes, not only uh, does Mario have to get his belly button pierced, uh, but Mario has lost again since then. And I, I, I don't want to give the game away, fellas. But Mario will be debuting a brand new hairstyle on this Saturday's edition of Bet for the Cycle. Uh, one that he's not a fan of at all. Uh, and for those of you that are based in the Chicago office, I'm just saying maybe take a few minutes out of your day to go see Mario tomorrow. Because the other end of that bet was he has to wear this fun new hairstyle to work all day tomorrow Uh the lesson gentlemen don't lose your bets okay win more than you lose or the or or the 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 ramifications are painful yeah some some good advice can't wait to see what that hairstyle is with uh with mario it's gonna be great is there a better tease for a show like now i have to tune in no matter i know that's really good now let's put it this way fellas there there has been a meme the last couple of years of Florida State coach Mike Norvell going around on the internet. And if you've seen that meme before, look forward to seeing Mario on Saturday. Oh, very nice. Very nice. There you go. Make sure you tune in. Bet for the Cycle with Rob Brown, Cody Decker, and Hayden S. Mario. Rob, let's talk some baseball. We had spring training start today. We had the Dodgers. We had the Padres. Rob, did you see that video of all the people that were in the Padres dugout? Did you see, like, all 70 of those people? I, I have not actually seen it yet, but I've heard about it. Uh, I have a. Uh, I'll, I'll fire back a question to you guys. Uh, the Padres. Uh, why? Why? Why are? Why are the? Why are the Padres? That's been my question for like the last year and a half. Just, just why, San Diego? Why are you make? Why do you make the decisions that you make? Why do you make me want to love you and yet consistently be dumb all the time? I don't get it. It's a fair question. Rob, they have not been the same since that video of those three guys like doing the terrible song and dance and they were in the NLCS. They just have not they've not been the same ever since. Do you can think that you changes guys... Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. No, I'm sorry, Peach. No, really quick, I just wanted to ask can I ask a crazy question? Why wouldn't the Padres just run it back one more year with that roster? It's a good question. Like you, you know, like you know what I mean? Like if you went all in and you made all those moves. I mean, I get it was a disastrous season, but, like, we see that in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, a guy like Juan Soto goes to a new team and he struggles, right? I guarantee you Juan Soto bounces back this year. You know, like, why wouldn't you – I don't understand it. They have they have money, and they have – just why the Padres? That's a great question. Pete, go on. I'm sorry. No, it it's, it's good. Rob, let me ask you this. I Originally, this wasn't going to be my question, but Ryan brings up a good point. Let's assume Blake Snell, the reigning NL Cy Young winner – is not back in San Diego. Juan Soto, we know, is left for the Bronx. Which loss do you think is bigger for the Padres, Snell or Soto, for the upcoming season? 
So first off, I'm glad you said what you said, uh, Ryan, about Juan Soto, because I would like to take you back to the distant past. A long, long time ago, uh, Tuesday, when I told you that Juan Soto was my pick for AL MVP this year. So I'm, I'm glad to know that the, the brilliance flows on this show consistently. That's a hell of a take. I'm glad I made it. Uh, yeah. Second off, the problem with the Padres, I don't think, uh, was talent, fellas. Go back and look at that 2023 Padre roster. It was filled with veritable all-stars. On paper, that team should have been in the running with the Dodgers and the Braves for best record in baseball. That's how good that roster was. I don't think the problem's talent. Uh, at some point, you have to acknowledge that, man, the call's coming from inside the house, right? Like, this was a team that had a locker room that had very clearly fallen apart that had a dugout full of guys that were very clearly going for going through the motions, stat padding. It wasn't about putting up numbers for the squad. It was about putting up numbers for future contracts. This team looked, I don't even want to say lackadaisical, it just looked like a selfish, self-centered team that never really was able to kind of get the ball going, get the bus going collectively all in one direction. So the reality is you could bring the, the 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 same roster back. You could add to that roster. But as long as you have the management and the ownership you have in San Diego that allowed it to get where it got, until that changes, I don't care if the Padres are the AL All-Stars, right? If, you're, if I got 25 guys on a roster that are out there playing as 25 different guys on a roster, they're not going anywhere. That's been my take since the All-Star break of last year about this team they are the illustration of a team that blew itself up from the inside out not the other way around and until that gets fixed it didn't matter if they kept Soto it doesn't matter if Blake Snell's there it, it doesn't matter who the hell's there because it's just a toxic room that's why I got Juan Soto as an AL MVP winner with the Yankees because he's out of that system and he's into one that is so drilled down and disciplined I, I can't see him not improving dramatically. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there uh, with the Padres. What do you think of the D-backs? Obviously, the reigning NL champs. The Dodgers get all the headlines with all the signings that they made. You just bring up the Padres. What, what do you expect for the D-backs this upcoming year? Uh, I th I think they're going to be very good. I don't think they're going to be catching up. I don't think they're going to be catching anybody by surprise, right? Like that to me. I guys, I hate sports cliches. They drive me up a wall. There's nothing more aggravating in the world of sports than coach speak, right? Oh, we're just we're just focused on the next game. We gotta we gotta get out there and execute. Like I hate coach speak. Talk to me. Tell me what's going on. X and O me. Like give me something. But cliches are cliches for a reason and cliches are useful for a reason and one of those cliches is you got a target on your back right you're not sneaking up on anybody last year in the breakout season of rookie Corbin Carroll last year when you had Zach Gallen for three quarters of the season uh, out there as an NL Cy Young candidate last year when you had those guys that you looked and, and Cody Decker spent all year going guys the Diamondbacks are going to be in the playoffs. They're a playoff team. And all year, we had people jumping on, on Twitter telling Decker he's an idiot all year, saying, no, no, no. They snuck up on everybody. But, man, once you announce your arrival, you're not, you're, not, you're not catching the rest day for the Dodgers. You're not catching the rest day 
for the Giants. You're catching everybody uh, because you're on the scene, and I think that's what the Diamondbacks are. Uh, I think they're if, uh, Ryan. We looked them up the other day. I think their over under win total is 90, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair in a division that will have a 100 game winner with the Dodgers. I think that is fair in a division that we kind of don't know what the Giants are going to be. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be a very good team. I don't think they have the all-star caliber talent that they're going to need to compete with the Dodgers and the Braves. Again, now that they've grabbed the mic and told the world we're here, I think they were a little bit more suited to play that sneaky underdog role, and I don't necessarily think they did enough this offseason to kind of shift up into that next caliber. I still think they're good. I'm probably going to go the under on the win total. I think they're probably sitting around 87, 88. I don't know that they're getting above 90. I just think the world knows who Arizona is now, and they did not take the steps I would have liked to see for them to really escalate themselves up into that next tier of NL contenders. All right, Rob, we got the uh, latest BetMGM insights, so I want to hit you on the most bet overs. Tell me what you agree with and tell me what you disagree with, right? All right, so uh, the Reds, 82.5 wins. The Royals, 73.5 wins. And the Pirates, 74.5 wins. So the NL Central, apparently at BetMGM, uh, all the most bet overs. In the NL Central, oh wait, I'm sorry, the NL Central and the AL Central, because you have the Royals in there. So you got the Reds and the Pirates, and then you have the Royals. Um, do you agree with all those overs, or what team are you not buying? I don't. I'm not buying Kansas City. I'm not buying the Royals. I'm sorry. I Where is this Royals love coming from? Can someone explain it to me? I've got guys every day on social media. Rob, look out for the Royals. Look out for Kansas City. They're ca- I, why? Like, what? what is making you say that? The Pirates I find interesting. The Pirates made some interesting moves. They brought in a couple of guys that you went, you really, you're going to, you're going to Pittsburgh? That, that's, that's, that's where you want to play your next level of ball. So I think the Pirates are probably good to get there. Uh, I don't, I don't get the Royals love. Uh, I think it's going to be a good team. I think they've got some young talent. But to tell me that they're going to be threatening 75 games, with they end last year? 51 and a half? You're telling me we're looking at 16 or 17 games of difference? I I don't see it, man. I don't know where the Royals love is coming from. Uh, I'm I'm hitting the under there. I, you know, if we're, if we're staying to the Central Divisions, like, I've seen a lot of people pimp in Detroit. I really don't hate it. Like Detroit last year had a had yeah. a decent little run at the beginning of the season that you could see a little talent. Uh, Miggy's gone, so obviously they got a big veteran hole that they've got to kind of fill up there. But uh, I think they're going to be – they, they looked last year like a ball club that at least was pointed in the right direction, even if they do have to replace some parts. But, yeah, man, I'm just fascinated by this love for the Royals coming out of nowhere. Like I'm trying to figure out what it is – that I missed because everybody's on board except me and Cody at this point. Yeah, there is there is a lot of love for the Royals, no doubt about that. Rob, there's also some love out there for some of these AL East teams. The Orioles, their win total's gone from 87.5 to 90.5. Tampa has gone from 83.5 to 85.5 at BetMGM. If you had to take one of those win totals with the O's or the Rays to go over, you like Baltimore at 90 and a half or Tampa at 85 and a half? Honestly, I like both. If you're, if you're making me take one, uh, I think I'm going to go Baltimore. I know we got to figure out. Uh, I know we've got to, we've got to figure out how long the injury is to pitcher numero uno. Uh, Kyle's going to be down with that, with that surgery. So 
I don't know if he's going to get to come back, how many games he's going to come back for, but you've made some other moves on the mound. I think Baltimore might have the best true young core in baseball this year. Uh, the pitchers, they are bringing in get help because Camden Yards is a hard place to hit a home run, man. It's right field or you're not going fence. So I think because they are going to be a great small ball team, they're going to be able to one-run teams to death. Uh, I Listen, I like... I like the Red Sox. I like they've made the addition of Vaughn Grissom. I don't know that they've done enough to where I would say they're ready to be a contender yet. Also, really in for this Netflix documentary, mainly because I can't wait to see what a locker room of a bad team looks like when it's supposed to be good. That's going to be a blast. Uh, I'm not in on the Red Sox. I am all in on the Yankees for the over. Tampa Bay, a team that, well, they have three seasons of 100 wins. Last year, they only got to 90. Like, do, do we think Tampa had that big of a drop-off? I don't. I think I think getting up over 87 is a possibility. I think the Red Sox are your under, and I think Toronto's your under. Like, I love Bo Bichette. I love that they are making the moves. But Toronto's just Toronto every year. You know how some teams kind of earn that reputation? Ryan, Clemsoning was a verb in college yeah. football for a very long time. And I kind of feel like that's the Toronto Blue Jays right now. They're going to give you two months where they look like the shiny new toy that's going to put up a 1,000 runs by the end of the year. And by the All-Star break, they've just kind of faded off into obscurity. Until they don't do that, I'm going to assume they're going to do that. So I'll go over for the Yankees. I will go over for the O's. I will go over for the Rays. I'm going to go under for the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Rob, we got about 45 seconds. Uh, hate to throw this one on you. Actually, we got 60 seconds for you. Tim Anderson, I keep forgetting he's a Marlin. How do you feel about Miami this season? Would you go over or under their win total? Let's just. Uh, first off, can we all acknowledge that Tim Anderson hasn't been the sleep since he got KTFO <laughs> in the middle of a baseball field? He has not been. Listen, I love Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson's a smack talker. I'm a fan. Tim Anderson is the guy who named hate Nass Mario, hate Nass Mario. There's always going to be a soft spot in my black icy little heart for Tim Anderson. I like the Marlins. I like the Marlins. Problem the Marlins have is they're in the same division with Atlanta and Philadelphia. Atlanta is the guaranteed over for MLB. I will throw a, a, a billion dollars at Atlanta in the over, and I think Philly's going over too. I think I, I don't. I think people have kind of slept on Philly because I think they look at the Braves and when they choked in the NLDS, they didn't choke. They got beat by a good Philly team. Give me the over on Atlanta and Philly. Give me the under on everybody else in that division. Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show. You'll hear him tomorrow morning. You'll see him again next Thursday on this show. Maybe even sooner. You never know with this gang. Rob, thanks so much, buddy. You guys are the hey, best. Rob. See y'all next Thursday. No, you're the best. Bet MGM oh, tonight Rob. continues. Peach. I got a, I got a new, uh, I got a job proposition for you. We'll talk about it when we come back. Bet MGM. All right. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight, presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM tonight, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser with you here on a Thursday night. Not the best college basketball slate, but we do have 12 games in the NBA tonight. We'll get you some scores. And then, like I said, PJ, I got a job proposition, not only for you, maybe for me too. 
and then we'll get your thoughts on what you saw today at the Mexico Open. I know we didn't have um, too many bets uh, for this week in the PGA. So right now, when we began that interview with Rob Brown, I was all excited because I bet Detroit Mercy in college basketball uh, plus 12 and a half. They were up one with about 14 minutes to go in the second half. There's now seven minutes and 45 seconds to go in the second half, and they're, and they're somehow down 13. I was going to say 13. Jeez, that's – I mean, Ryan, that's why they've won one game this season. God bless them. What, how many points Mercy. are you catching in that game? How many points are you catching? 12 and a half. Oh. You know how this ends, right? They lose by 13. Yeah, they, they will. Man, you definitely that's know tough. it. Um, good news, though, FAU – up by 10 63 53 eight minutes and 58 seconds to go though that's the bad news purdue absolutely blowing out ruckers um i mean off the loss 89 56 they're 32 and a half point favorites on the live line um and then minnesota minnesota don't you know they're up 34 32 on ohio state one and a half point favorites on the live line live total 149 and a half Right now, the Orlando Magic up two on the Cavs. I love to see that. Got the Magic at eight and a half. They closed at six and a half. Phillies cut into the lead a little bit. It's 81-67. Maxie just hit a three. Uh, they're 12 and a half point dogs, though, still. Peach, unfortunately, OKC up five on our Clippers, but it's still early, 44-39, 7.44 to go in the second quarter. OKC a three and a half point favorite now. Bulls trailed by five at the United Center, 38-33 to the Celtics. Nets down 75-64 to the Raptors. Still plenty of time, though. 3.51 to go in the third quarter. Nets are nine-and-a-half-point dogs if you want to double down. Pacers up 92-75 on the Pistons. They're 18-and-a-half-point favorites on the live line. Uh, The Suns up three on Dallas without Brad Beal tonight. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites at the half. And then the Pelicans are up 39-38 on the Rockets. Still to come tonight, you have the Wizards, 15-and-a-half-point dogs, taking on the Nuggets, total 232-and-a-half. You have the Hornets, nine-and-a-half-point dogs in Utah. That's a five-star play, four-star play, my apologies, from BetQL on the Jazz tonight at nine-and-a-half. And then you got the Kings, ten-and-a-half-point favorites against the Fighting Wembys, and the Lakers, five-and-a-half-point dogs against the Warriors. You know, I thought about your question. That might be the way to go, Peach. Maybe the Lakers are the play. I think we might get the six, though. Let's wait and see what that injury report looks like, though. Still, uh, we got an hour and 16 minutes to go. All right, take it away. What would you see at the Mexico Open? Anything that I could jump on if I want to sweat this weekend or no? Just stay away and save my money for Florida. Yeah, no, I'd stay away. Ryan, you know me. I watch a lot of golf. There are so many guys in the field this week I've never heard of. Like, what's a, what's a C de Solar? I don't know. who Cristobal de Solar? I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. He's tied Mario for third, Cristobal. 600 par. Mario Cristobal, exactly. Uh, Eric Van Royen, we were talking about him yesterday with Meg McDonald. She was on the – Meg McDonald is on a heater. She went 3-0 in hoops yesterday. She gave out EBR. Yeah. He's leading the tournament. Looked really good. He came out. He was like five under through his first seven holes. So he's playing really good. Um, Cameron Champ, who we had talked about, I would thrown him out to uh, Cam Rogers. Cam Champ has played in four events this year. He has missed all four cuts. However, he's one of the longest hitters on tour. We talked about that is the handicap this week at this course is you want long hitters. And uh, Camp Champ had a really good round. Five under, he's right in it. Patrick Rogers might be a guy that I would look at. Could be worth the bet. He's also five under. He's the guy who 
I felt like at the price had the best combination of like course history and guy who was kind of like the best in recent form. One of those guys that usually plays well early on in the year. So uh, Patrick Rogers was another guy that kind of caught my mind. Thought he could be pretty good. It was a little surprising. Um, Tony Finau didn't play that well just because obviously the two times that he has played here, he has uh, he has won and he has finished runner-up. He shot a two-under today. So yeah. certainly expect Finau to uh, pick it up. If you can get some good prices on like Tony right now at top 10, at plus money or something like that, top five, I think I would certainly jump on that. But, uh, yeah, really, really nothing jump, jumped out at me. I mean, Keith Mitchell, who I was talking about yesterday, he's even par right now, did not have a great day. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those tournaments. Again, I, I, I threw darts at some guys. We took Pendrith. He didn't have a great day. Um, but I think the thing, the bets that interest me right now are certainly Finau, top 10 at plus money. I think that could be good. And uh, Patrick Rogers, I kind of like him right now as well. I think uh, he could make a move here over the next next couple of days. So those those would be the guys that stick out to me. Again, Ryan, like I'm going to be honest with you, there are a bunch of dudes in this field like I have never ever heard of. So, I mean, it's like I, I have no idea how they're going to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like you said, I mean Tony Finau did not have a great day, which was kind of surprising. Not only because of course history, but he was the overwhelming favorite, and he's like the one mm-hmm. name. Um, that you do know. And then also today, though, in the PGA pre-tour pre-qualifier, or PGA Tour pre-qualifier, geez, um, Tiger Woods' son, Charlie, he just fell short. He didn't make it. So we talked about that a little bit last night. That was today. And so uh, he will not be playing uh, on the tour. So Charlie falls short. So he's going to be the next uh, Jeffrey Jordan. No, I'm just kidding, man. He's 14 years. Isn't what is he? 14 years old, 12 years old. He's, yeah. he's something like that. No, it's gonna be. What do you think will be cooler when we see Bronny and LeBron playing in the NBA against each other or together, or we see Tiger and and Charlie going at it? Oh, Tiger and Charlie, because I'm not a LeBron fan, and I don't think Bronny's gonna be any good. Like Bronny, I don't want to say what I'm about to say. Don't make me say what I'm about to say. <laughs> don't say it then. Don't say it then. You know what I'm thinking? Did you hear the news yeah. today, Pete? Don't say it. Out is play-by-play broadcaster at Notre Dame. I I reached out to KSIB out in Creston, Iowa. I reached out to the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. I said, can we pull my old tape? I want to throw my name in the hat. What do you think, Paige? The 50, the 40, the 30. What do you think? No? I think you'd be. A, I, I think you'd absolutely be a great fit for it. Do you have Riley a favorite? Leonard, stiff arm into the end zone, and the Irish take a twenty-one nothing lead over Alabama in the college football playoff. I mean, I I think Noah Eagle's probably going to get that job, don't you think? I would. I mean, that would just make he deserves it. He's good. He's good. And and he like is. no shade to Jack. I just I know he went to Notre Dame. I just I didn't understand that hire. Like doing the sideline stuff, absolutely. But. I just I never really understood any of the hires though, man. Like I bring like Brady Quinn or like a recognizable face from Notre Dame's past or history into the broadcast booth. It was Doug Flutie, Boston College. It was Drew Brees, Purdue, and then it was Jack Collinsworth. So I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah. But yeah, it'll probably be it'll probably be Eagle. But no, man. Like I'm not that excited for Bronny. Bronny's averaging like six points per game at USC. He could barely crack the crack the lineup there in a, in a Pac-12 school. I just – is he – let me ask you this. Is Bronny in the league – you watch more college hoops than anybody. Would you even know who Bronny is 
if it wasn't LeBron's son? No. Okay. No. USC is also really bad, and they also have one of the best like draft prospects in Isaiah Collier too. So like all of that combined, you know, Bronny tends to disappear in some games. But to your point, uh, yeah, no, you wouldn't know who he was if he wasn't LeBron's like, son. It works out, um, though, to be honest, because LeBron probably doesn't get to play with Bronny ever if Bronny's good. You know what I'm saying? Like if Bronny's a lottery pick. I know LeBron has a ton of power. Like, LeBron traded away Andrew Wiggins before he ever stepped on the floor for Kevin Love. You know I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how many coaches has LeBron got fired? Giannis is kind of becoming the new coach killer, if you think about it, man. Three in a year and a half. But I don't think he has enough power to be like, all right, uh, I want to go to Detroit. And I don't think he'd <laughs> want to either. So yeah. the good thing is, like, if, if Bron wants to pull, stay in L.A., they'll they'll pick up Bronny in a heartbeat, dude. It's not about winning yeah. there. You know, it's about staying in attraction and selling tickets, and everybody will want to see that show. Like, everybody's no going to want to see I, – I want to see it. I don't think Bronny's going to be very good, but I, I would be more excited for Charlie and Tiger because I think Charlie's going to be awesome. Just because, like, you know, I, I think – I love LeBron off the floor because he's always – like, we've had all eyeballs on LeBron since he was, like, 16 years old. That's pretty tough. If you're 16 years old, I mean, he's never messed up really one time. When you think about it, he's done a lot of good. He's a good dad. But, like, Tiger's dad was hard on him. I don't know what Tiger and Charlie's relationship is like. It seems pretty good. Um, But I wonder if he, like, pushes him the same way that Tiger's dad did. Because if he does, imagine how damn good he's going to be. Although, I don't know, man. Couldn't make the cut at 14 years old. It's a (laughs) pre-qualifier today. So maybe we should. Clearly, yeah. Clearly he stinks. It's a good question. I I mean, obviously nobody really knows their relationship as well as they do, but just like from the interactions that we see on TV and stuff, I don't get the vibe that Tiger pushes Charlie as much as his dad pushed as much as Tiger's dad pushed him. Um, but the mannerisms, like when the kid sw- swings a golf club, like when he's reading yeah. a putt, when he celebrates, like how he walks, like everything is just so Tiger-esque. It's it's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool that like this next generation of of kids are gonna see like obviously somebody with Tiger's DNA, and he's not gonna be Tiger Wood. Maybe he will. I mean, anybody with you know Woods DNA, I guess you can't put anything past him. I don't think he will be, but I agree. I think he's certainly gonna be good. And it's like cool that a kid also understands like the magnitude of the fact that he's Tiger Woods' son and still wants to play the game of golf. You know what I mean? Like that certainly has scared off a ton of kids before. Like oh, my dad is Wayne Gretzky, I'm not playing hockey. Oh, my dad is Michael Jordan, like, yeah. I'm not going to take basketball, whatever it is, right? Like, Charlie understands at this age by now, like, who his dad is, the magnitude of what it means every time he plays in a golf tournament, all the media coverage and everything that goes along with it, and it seems like he's kind of at peace with it, and he's enjoyed it up to this point, so uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be really cool. I can't wait until he's on the tour. It's, it's going to be, That's... oh, it's going to be awesome, man. Like that's why Tiger play with this be, kid. Oh, yeah. That's why my like that's why that's why my answer would be Charlie though. It's like they have the same mannerisms, like you said, the swing, the way that they move. And I'm a huge Tiger guy. Bronny can never live up to what LeBron was, and that's not even a knock on Bronny, man. Like nobody can. You know, there's, yeah. He's if he's not the greatest, he's up there with with Jordan, in my opinion. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, hour number three, we got plenty to get to. Uh, We're going to talk a little NBA. We're going to talk a little NBA awards. 
And we're going to talk a little college hoops because Detroit Mercy let me down once again. BetMGM tonight continues. 